the other side of midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Everyone, this is the other side of midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. I am no fan of George Santos. I'm not a fan of his voting record. I'm not a fan of the way he campaigned. And of course, I'm not a fan of the way that he lied about his entire life history. Also, it appears it's very likely he broke the law. That being said, he has been convicted of no crime in the United States of America, and he was elected to a two-year term in 2022. I believe he should finish that term unless he's convicted of a crime. And if people want to run against him, that's great. More power to them. I certainly myself might support Support Tom Swazi against him next year. Well, that's not good enough for a group of House Republicans from New York who have revived their efforts to expel Congressman George Santos from Congress. The move comes after the Justice Department brought new charges against the embattled Long Islander. House Democrats introduced a measure to expel Santos in May, but Republicans, including the New Yorkers, voted to refer it to the Ethics Committee. Well, now Congressman Anthony D'Esposito said in a post on X, formerly known as Twitter, that he would introduce a resolution to rid the People's House of fraudster George Santos. All other freshman Republicans from New York, Nick LaLota, Mike Lawler, Mark Molinaro, Nick Langworthy, Brandon Williams, they've all co-sponsored this resolution. I think this is absolutely ridiculous. Either we believe in the Constitution or we don't. Either you're entitled to a presumption of innocence or you're not. Either it's the voters that get to choose their congressman or it's not. It shouldn't be up to a bunch of Republicans or Democrats for that matter in politically competitive districts to grandstand and look like they're doing something about the big bad wolf that they all supported when he was running for office because it was politically advantageous for them to do so and now that it's politically advantageous for them to distance themselves, they're doing that. I wouldn't vote for George Santos, but this should be a decision left up to the voters. Congress has no business expelling George Santos, certainly not without a criminal conviction. Shame on these grandstanding, pandering politicians. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. In most, if not all, state elections in the state of New Jersey, Republican leaders are always going on and on about the idea that they can take one or both houses of the state legislature. However, as Matt Friedman in Politico, New Jersey, wrote in his newsletter yesterday, this year might be different. I think this year might be more than just lip service. For the first time since at least 2013, it looks like there's an actual possibility that the Republicans might take one or both houses of the state legislature. Keep in mind, two years ago, the Republicans did much better than anyone ever expected to. Chitterelli almost won the governor's mansion and even veteran Democratic legislators like Steve Sweeney were ousted. There were a lot of factors 
at the time. And there are a lot of factors this year that are going in the Republicans' direction. They have driven the messaging in the state of New Jersey all summer long. Windmills, whales, sex education, trans kids, electric cars, gas stoves. There was some degree of hyperbole with the messaging, some of which was accurate, some of which was blatantly inaccurate, but Democratic leaders responded pretty meekly. Now, New Jersey Democrats still have a huge voter registration advantage, but here's the reason why I think the Republicans actually have a real shot at winning the legislature this year. Both houses, the state Senate and the state assembly districts are actually the same. So if you win an uh, assembly district, it's pretty likely that you're going to win a Senate district and vice versa. These days, for whatever reason, we have much less crossover voting where you might vote for a Republican for Senate and a Democrat for assembly. The district is the same. So if a Republican wins the Senate, it's probably likely they're going to win the state assembly. So I don't see the Republicans winning one house and not the other. I think they either win both or neither. But this is the first legislative map in more than 20 years where Republicans Republicans are running in legislative districts that weren't drawn exclusively by Democrats. Republicans caught a lucky break in terms of the redistricting, and these are not districts that are drawn by Democrats. So it seems probable that the Republicans are definitely going to win some seats in both houses. But the question is, are they going to win enough seats to take the legislature? I think the way things are looking at this point, the answer may very well be yes. Beam me up! To be continued. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. One of the neat things that the city of New York does is notify NYC. It's a free email service that anybody can sign up for. And whenever there's an emergency, by the way, if you want to sign up, just email notifynyc at oem.nyc.gov. You could probably also just find it if you go to nyc.gov. But it's a neat thing. If there's a power outage or if there's a missing vulnerable adult or if there's flash flooding, they notify you of what the issue is. They'll say the National Weather Service has issued the following. It says flood wash where New York City or sometimes if it's a targeted area, they'll say Brooklyn or Staten Island or Queens or certain neighborhoods in those boroughs. It'll give you the date. It'll give you the projected time that you have to be concerned about. It'll tell you what the specific hazards are. You need to be worried about heavy rain of uh, an inch and a half to two and a half inches and there'll be flooding and all that kind of thing. And then it gives you preparedness actions. It'll say 
If you're in a basement, prepare to move to a higher floor during periods of heavy rain. It'll say, do not drive your vehicle or walk into areas where water covers the roadway, yada, yada, yada. And it'll say, if you lose power and have a disability, access and functional needs, or use life-sustaining equipment and need immediate assistance, dial 911. Whenever there's a power outage, they're always sure to mention having a flashlight ready. They're always sure to be mentioning how you should be careful with candles. And you should, and that's all very important. What's never mentioned in any of these notify NYC alerts is how people should have a battery-operated radio. This is so important, and whenever there's an emergency, snowstorm, tidal wave, power outage, hurricane, whatever, the first thing I always say is, Make sure you have a battery-operated radio so you know what's going on. So I know we have a lot of folks in city government that listen to this show. They message me frequently during the show. And I hope this is something that the Office of Emergency Management can change. Notify NYC ought to include in their alerts the preparedness action, have a battery-operated radio ready and standing by. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. I don't have many claims to fame in the political realm. Certainly, in spite of a lifetime of activism, I have many more failures than successes. One of my rare points of pride, though, is I am the person that persuaded Nicole Maliotakis to run for office. I persuaded her to run for state assembly in 2010, and I essentially ran her campaign and quarterbacked her campaign team in 2010. I'm not saying that to brag, but just to give you an idea of how far back we go. And I've always taken a lot of pride in Nicole Maliotakis's career as an elected official, and I'm glad that she was kind enough to give me a shout-out in a recent radio appearance. She was on with another friend of mine on another station, my friend Arthur Idala on AM 970, and Arthur is a constituent of hers in Brooklyn, and he mentioned the fact that he could vote for her, and she was very kind to mention me. You know, you're a real fighter, and even if people don't agree with what you're fighting for, the fact that they've elected someone who cares as much as you do is a real testament to a public servant and what a public servant should stand for. So I am personally thanking you for your zealous representation of all of Staten Island and my neighborhood, uh, Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. And these airwaves are always open to you if we could help you in any way, shape, or form. Well, I appreciate it. I know I can count on at least two votes now, you and Frank Moreno. Ah, the great Frank from Staten Island. <laughs> he brags about you all the time. So, uh, Congresswoman, again, thank you so much. Well, Nicole is absolutely right. I will be voting for her enthusiastically next year. And even though we may disagree from time to time, wild horses could not stop me from voting for Nicole Meliotakis. I found her to be a very independent voice and a very effective congresswoman that uh, I'm honored to have represent me. Thank you for the shout-out, Nicole. Beam me up! To be continued. 